Tech Matters, the podcast that decodes technology for everyone. How's it going tonight, Craig? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Uh, it looks like you're not sitting at the other end of the table today. Yeah, I thought that um, tonight we'd try a bit of a, um, a socially responsible thing in the world of um, the coronavirus and we do our first podcast um, remotely, even though we're only about 10 minutes apart from each other. I thought we'd try this over yeah. Skype and um, and show everyone how it's done. It doesn't uh, feel the same not having you here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be different. But uh, now I can see you on uh, Skype. So, yeah, what we've done is I've set myself up in my studio and uh, Greg's been working or starting to set up a situation situation where he has the ability to work from home and he's been doing a little bit of that this week with others in his uh in the workplace so we might start with that mate hey we might start with uh what's been going on in the work workplace with uh tech i'll, t- I'll tell you what i've noticed this week i've noticed um i actually was i've been i take the train to work right and um i've been making a point of catching catching the later train so i'm doing like a 9 a.m start and one of the things I've seen over the last two weeks is the train getting progressively emptier, emptier. and um, even in around the building that I work in, um, you know, and and the nearby buildings, you know, there's a lot less people there, and um, there's some people from from other law firms that are that are sort of geographically close to where where ours are, that are that have, have already sort of got their entire workforce working from home. Ours probably in Brisbane, I'd have to say about 70 to 80% of, um, of our workforce so far on and off have been working from home. But just um, after a few announcements today, I think we're probably all going to be doing it within within a couple of days. Mm. So one of the challenges, uh, you're with a large organisation uh, that's uh, in the, well, actually it is international, but it's a uh, multi, uh, sorry, it is domestically in every state. So, yes. um, has head offices in all our capital cities pretty much. So, um, you provide support primarily to our neck of the woods, but you also been helping in setting up the, the ability for employees across the country to work. So what, what's that sort of entailed for you this week? Is it, uh, just testing or, uh, it's been interesting. So, I mean, the biggest challenge that we've been finding has been resources. So when coronavirus first struck a number of months ago in China, it started to affect the supply chains of a lot of IT goods, right? So mm. uh, keyboards, mice, laptops, um, monitors, you know, all, all sorts of different paraphernalia. And um, now we're, we're staring down the barrel of trying to move you know, for some companies, you know, so that people can keep working, we're talking about trying to get many thousands of staff working from home. So you've got the challenges of, you know, are their home internet connections up to grade? Are they going to be able to work effectively? Um, have, you know, have you got enough capacity for incoming connections into the company? Firstly, we have. Um, fortunately, we have. Um, and then, of course, uh you know, people just have to start, you know, doing things a little bit differently. You know, they used to, 
So having you know all of the equipment on hand in you know in their place of business, and you've got you've got to start routing all all of the phone calls. Um, everything becomes a little bit more difficult, and uh, basically because we just didn't have enough enough computers to hand out to everyone. Um, you know we've been finding that we've been needing to rely on on staff who have their own computers at home and we've been trying to help um, set them up so they can remotely connect in as well so having seen lots of um, people's home computer setups in the past you can imagine the uh, the wide array of of hardware and quality of internet connection that could be making something like that both a challenge to operate and to support Mm. So you're you're uh, at the uh, what's the the wall front at the moment, I guess. Um, Look at the coal face. Right on the front. Right on the coal face. On the front coal face. Yeah. Is that it? Well, actually, so up until up until now, I've still been in the office, but tomorrow I'm officially, um, you know, working from home. Uh, depending on how the situation develops, I might uh, still be in the office a little bit and and be working from home. So. It's been a matter of, um, you know, setting up phone connections so I can also give support to people you know, a little bit easier nationally. So so that's what I've been working on. So one of the problems I imagine, especially in the industry you're in, which is a legal one, um, is the privacy issues that when you're working within your building, you guys have all the infrastructure set up for security. Once you go external, what are you doing to counter some of the the risks of, um, you know, interception of information, like what, because you've got that on site when, you know, in the infrastructure, how's that work when people are operating from home? Well, as with, um, as with lots of companies who do this and we, we already have a system where lots of staff can work remotely, um, uh, with laptops, we use VPNs, you know, they're pretty much the go-to, um, security solution for everyone everywhere, right? And, um, so do you want to explain VPN to everyone? Um, we, we use it a lot and we have used it in previous episodes. Okay. But do you want to actually explain? We have sort of touched on it, but give give people who are listening who may not have heard previous episodes a, a rundown on what a VPN actually is and, and why that would be important in this situation. Okay. So uh, VPN, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And essentially what it does is... Um, it enables an encrypted tunnel, for want of a, a better term, between your computer and the network you're trying to connect on. So, uh, just encryption. I'll just get you. So, so because uh, we we try and decode tech for everyone, so that everyday people understand. So, encryption is is kind of like if you imagine in the Second World War, where people are sending codes back and forth that they don't want other the enemy to decipher um, or intercept. Then it would be. Um, encoded and then decoded at the other end so encryption is a high level form of of you know masking the information that's going back and forth between the sender and the receiver yeah sure so uh yeah with with all our laptop users um we run cisco encryption software it's pretty pretty sort of industry standard <clears throat> and uh all of our laptops are, are securely loaded as well so um, they're all pretty much protected. If we're using um, individual computers and people are connecting on to, um, I suppose, the, the best way to put it is 
they're not an actual physical computer, but a virtual computer sitting on a server. Um, they're, because they're becoming more and more popular these days, you haven't got to worry about um, individual machines dying. If you have a problem with the machine, you can just basically, uh, it's, it's basically just a terminal that you're replacing. Um, so for the, for the users that have systems like that, we can literally just run um, a piece of software on their computer that acts like a remote terminal and you basically see your Microsoft Windows session that's running on a remote computer. So it's almost like, um, you know, watching, Is it like watching a desktop. It, it's like, yeah, it's a remote desktop, but it's like watching, watching a, a controllable YouTube video of your, of your computer remotely. It's all it's really doing is streaming the display and giving you mouse and keyboard control. Mm -hmm. So, so some people may have had the remote desktop experience where they've given uh, people like tech support, control of their machine and they're going how are they moving my mouse while well, actually seeing your screen on their system yeah so how have you been this week anyway you've been staying well how's how's this been affecting you uh well i'm in the space of uh sport as you know primarily and uh yeah it's it's been uh, it's wound down that's for sure like schools have said hey we're not going to have you in for the time being so certainly impacting me in that regard but I've got plenty of other things to do and on the go. Um, money will be an issue down the track if um, things don't improve. But that said, the government are supporting, and I am self-employed, so that does that does. It is good to hear that there might be something there that will help um, support me. But I'm working on other projects that, that until such a time as I my dollars go down, then I'll be worried. <laughs> so at the, at the moment, I've, I'm finding plenty to do. I could say. So, but um, yeah, so that that's the world's a changed place right now with this COVID-19. And you think about, we're talking about workplaces and people moving into their homes to operate and, and function on, um, on a workday, you know, schedule. And there's other impacts too. Like we're seeing uh, schools, for example, I know that one of the schools I do coach at, their kids are having a half day to go home and actually they're testing that afternoon um, the, the streaming of, of, of uh, classes to okay. those students. So they're actually testing it, even though they haven't implemented a lockdown here of schools, that school, uh, one school in uh, in particular, one of the private schools that I attend um, and coach for, they're actually testing, um, you know, the virtual classroom, I suppose. So that's another area that's being impacted by it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's any number of different... Um, you know, things that if we didn't have the technology today uh, that we have, this could be a lot worse, I think. I think the, the internet speeds are giving us the ability to do this and probably in good time. Look, I think a combination of the internet speeds, the technology to be able to video conference, um, all of those things are enable enabling large quantities of people to be able to still work from home so companies can still function and people can still get paid where in the past, you know, there wouldn't really be any other option than to lay them off. Um, interesting you should mention schools, and I know they haven't made a decision to close any where we are yet, but in probably in the last couple of hours, so this is Sunday night on the 22nd of March, and uh, just in the last few hours, um, two other states in Australia, Victoria and New South Wales, have both announced that within... The next 48 hours, they're starting more restrictions of, of people movement um, down to 
essentially closing everything but essential services and they will actually be closing their schools. Whether it's done mm. federally or not, they're going to go ahead and, and sort of pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Look, I know schools, I'm getting emails from the schools I'm involved with keeping me up to date saying that they're not pulling the trigger yet, but there's conversations on a daily basis as to when and if, and uh, we're coming up to school holidays as well, which I, I do feel that they're likely to pull the pin um, early to get an extra week because the kids are going to be off school anyway. So we'll, we'll wait and see, but the schools are, are definitely moving towards having, you know, students study from home. And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, what, what, how successful that will be I'm, I'm guessing that's why they're testing it but it is it is potentially a change to what we've ever had before and it, it's not a bad test i suppose of of what's possible well that's a bit of an experiment going on worldwide at the moment isn't it it's not just mm. us it's everyone but universities sorry universities have been doing it for a little while like a lot of lectures have been provided to students particularly at mit and places like that online yeah absolutely i mean there's a couple of um, universities in Australia that have very big um, remote student presence, like Deakin University, for example. They announced last week that um, they were actually closing, they're going to stop giving classes on campus, and they were basically transitioning every student at the university onto their cloud platform. So they'll be delivering um, all of the lectures and all of the assessments for all of those students via the internet. Hmm. So we're talking uh, earlier today in prep for the show, some of the things that the internet and technology could do if you're sitting at home relatively bored. We won't go into some of those, but <laughs> we, we did touch on some weird and wonderful ones. But um, I was just looking at some things like if people are stuck at home with the kids and they want to go and do something and they can't really do anything because they're restricted, um, there are apps on your phone like the stargazing apps. There's a whole heap of those. You can head outside and, and they use augmented reality. You put your longitude, latitude, or the phone knows that, and you can point at the sky and gives you a rundown of what you might be looking at, which if you've got kids there and you've not done anything like that, that might give you something to, to get out, step outside of your, your being stuck in the house. Mate, I was having dinner outside about 15 minutes ago, and while it sounds like a great idea, the mosquitoes, my God, I nearly got carried away. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, not everyone's in your part of the world, but um, but yeah, that's that's an idea. Um, you can spray some repellent on you. Khan Academy, that's been decades old and heavily invested in as an education platform um, where teachers in their off time uh, actually help students. And my nephew wasn't very good at school. He didn't focus on school um, much during school and then he's at uni and studying physics and maths now but he pretty much taught himself all his school maths and English using that website which starts right from the earliest level right up to the highest grades of, of maths and science and things like that so if people are looking for something to do and and their kids are struggling at school it might be an opportunity for their kids to catch up Man, you're, you're so noble. I was gonna, I was all I was gonna bring up was YouTube, Disney Plus, and cat videos on YouTube, and a, <laughs> and of course, awesome podcasts. Um, yes, I was listening to a podcast episode this afternoon. It's actually one put out by Gimlet Media called Reply All. I think I sent you a link. And uh, <clears throat> so those guys over in the states at the moment, there's whole cities and areas on on multi-week lockdowns so you might have i don't know if you've noticed but 
all of the late night um, TV shows went from uh, having episodes where they didn't have any any um, studio audience, audience to mm. then not basically being able to go in and work in the studio at all. Um, and these podcasts, there's a couple of guys who were, were doing, um, they were planning on doing like a phone-in episode anyway. Um, this is Rob, Reply All if you if you're interested. It's a really um, interesting podcast for people who like tech. But um, yeah, they were just um, taking calls from people all over the world, um, talking to, to one guy who's actually an Australian but living in, in France, where mm-hmm. it's kind of gotten to the point where, you know, technology is kind of saving them, you know, from, from you know, a fate worse than death, you know, boredom. But, but they can't even, you know, walk, out, walk around on the street, you know, without a, without a permit at the moment. You've got to, you know, you've got to have, have a solid reason to be out there or you're going to get stopped by the police and fined. Um, mm. I think lots of, he was saying that he thinks a lot of people might have actually gone and, and rushed in to, um, to adopt pets because one of the reasons you can, you are allowed to sort of walk outside of your house as if you've got to walk a pet. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a bit of a loophole there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, look, the podcast industry and, and I've noticed all the, the so-called famous TV hosts um, are, are actually live streaming from home. They're keeping their fans and staying, I guess, relevant is, is what they're trying to do on their phones. Um, they, they, that's, the, that's the amazing thing that can anyone can do. It's not like we're doing this right now. We're creating a podcast and hopefully we're killing someone's time. <laughs> you know that they're you know helping them kill their time. <laughs> yeah, I said that right, but well, I mean, if yeah, you know, and the cool part about podcasts is it doesn't matter if your internet sucks because you're only really dealing with a, an audio file, and that usually downloads the whole thing before you start listening to it. So you haven't got to worry about about patchy um, NBN or anything. How's your NBN been holding out through this? Yeah, pretty good. I've I've tested it. Um, I haven't seen any significant drops, but I um I imagine that there will be areas and some people would be experiencing stuff because there's because I know during school holidays, particularly Christmas, I do notice drops at per- certain times, which I guess is all the kids and everyone just on. I don't know, but I do I do notice uh, significant decreases during school periods, um, school holiday periods rather. Well, just over the last week. Um, giving support to people remotely, they've been noticing, um, especially early to mid morning, um, that their internet um, speed has just gone to crap. Um, mm. I I haven't seen anything here. Um, I've been sort of running a few tests remotely. Um, I think some of it has to do with you know the area you're in and how many power users there are trying to connect. I actually think um, a lot of it has to do with our retail. NBN providers. Do you remember when NBN first came out, and everyone would have this problem with um, with evening slowdown? Like everyone mm. would come home from school and come home from work, and and everyone would be complaining that at every other time of the day their internet was great, but they go and connect on there, and the speed would just tank. Well, the problem yep. wasn't that the infrastructure couldn't take it. The problem was in how the commercial arrangement between NBN as the, as the wholesaler and your providers as a retailer works. So basically at the start of each month, um, each of these companies makes a prediction on how much data they're going to have to use for the month. Um, they're going to use each month and they pre-purchase that data. So um, 
the whole idea is they try and purchase enough so that they won't run out and get charged a squillion dollars. And what that means is if if usage is running higher than their prediction, um, their computer systems will actually start speed scaling all of their users down so they make sure that they don't overrun their quota. And what time would be better for that than, than you know, half a million people or you know suddenly working from home and using all this extra data up that they hadn't hadn't accounted for mm, yeah so they haven't prepared for this scenario um not necessarily yeah. thinking that this is ever going to happen well here's an interesting thought here's a and this is a, a conspiracy theory of mine and you don't have to agree with it but we're on the same exchange right yes so um we're sort of i suppose at opposite ends of the cable in, in terms mm-hmm. of the region. and But there's one key difference between our connections. You use Telstra, I use TPG. I'm going to put it out there and say that that um, TPG, because they're a, a, I mean, they're quite a big provider, but, but one of the things they do with their users, and, and you would have seen the ads, whether it be TPG or Aussie Board Brand or... Um, Internet, I think, there's a few others. They're always competing for this title of um, Australia's fastest broadband provider, right? Yeah. So you and I both know from a technical standpoint they're using exactly the same connection out of the exchange, right? Yeah. So the only thing that's really different for people is, one, if they're on fibre to node, how far their house is from the node, which you can't control. You know, you can get you could get lucky and say, you know, your numbers for customer satisfaction and connection speeds would be better if if all of your customers on fibre to node were closer to the node. The other thing and the only thing they can really control is companies like TPG will pre-purchase more um, of the wholesale bandwidth to make sure they don't start to run out and they don't have to start slowing users down. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. I'm going to say Telstra already have the majority of the market share. So um, if they buy more data for their customers and that data doesn't get used, it's going to cost a lot of money for them. And everyone's tied in on contracts anyway, and they can just put put the odd speed slowdown to, you know, you know, sorry, coronavirus, everyone's working from home or whatnot. But, but the mm. truth of it is I've seen more people on a Telstra connection get speed scaled and have their connection speed ramping up and down through peak periods, including yourself, hanging off exactly the same exchange as me, where mine's mm-hmm. rock solid. So I'm on, I'm on a 50 megabit plan and my connection is 47 to 48 megabit 24-7. And I've never yeah. seen it I've never seen it run slower. Yeah, so I mine does vary, so I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, and it's roughly, you know, over thirty um, on, on any average day, and I've had as high as forty-seven. So, but it's never the same. And in the sense of, I could run a test right now, and it'll show something, and then I'll run it again, and it'll it'll still be around that figure. But yeah. um, sometimes it could even push higher, and, and other times it might be slightly lower. Um, upload seems very consistent though. So it's the download that they, they seem to be throttling or, or uh, shaping. So Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? I'm, I'm willing to put it out there and say that if someone, you know, has seen that they can achieve, you know, near the maximum amount of speed on their connection, 
but they see it very up and down. If they change to one of those providers that, you know, that's constantly posting that they're, you know, that they're setting records in terms of, you know, this month we were the fastest, you know, provider for three months running, you know, they're going to probably be purchasing enough data to stay ahead of that curve. And, um, and yeah, I think you're probably going to have a more consistently faster uh, connection. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it, it's one of those things that I, and I know when, when I first got the MBN, you and I discussed this, I wasn't and am not worried overly about the download speed. For me, with everything I do and the live streaming and the and the connection on my other uh, show, a bit of a cross promotion. Um, yeah, I'm, what's it called again? I'm like uploading to YouTube. What's it called? So, Auswich Basketball, or was it People with a Passion? It could be either of those. Let's say say those again. What were they, Greg? I I was thinking People with a Passion, and you know that's you know I'm looking at one of them right now, and also. Um, uh, shameless self-promotion shirt. I'll switch basketball. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, always wearing something. Always wear what I do. <laughs> so, well, always that, wearing a shirt. Well, that, that's, that's awesome, mate. Because that basically means that all the clothes you're wearing are a tax write-off, right? Yeah, that's it. It's actually true. <laughs> you worked it out. Gee, you worked me out. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, a bit of a plug there. But one of the, one of the things was upload speed. So eight um, 18 megabits per second yeah. um, tends to be an average for me. And given what I was wanting to do, I find that when it comes to video, that's like we're Skyping right now. Everything's compressed, but it's the ability for both of us to actually push more data across the network in, in an upload sense than the download sense because downloads are already quite like like even if you had 20 megabits per second that's pretty good for for video it's only when you get down around the three fours fives and you're sharing it it becomes a real grind yeah i've been there um so as have i <laughs> and it's not so it's not such an issue while we're still just playing around with um full hd 1080p video um because neither of us are really sort of dabbled into the 4k arena yet um and in all honesty you know most people who are using smart tvs or whatever you know even though the tvs can do it a lot of the the players that you plug into them don't support 4k anyway so you know, we've done that in previous episode yeah. actually, actually was our previous episode yeah. which is a good thing right because even i think in in europe i saw netflix are actually dropping the quality that they're actually going to be sending Netflix videos out to every everyone to actually limit the um, you know limit the bandwidth usage and make sure there's enough for other stuff. Mm. So that's and that's an interesting approach too that you know companies recognising the need to to of how what the fr infrastructure may be able to actually handle given everyone's going to be at home uh, so called working watching Netflix. Yeah, well. <laughs> so um, you weren't going to mention it before, but I'll say it. Um, Here we uh, go. <laughs> and, um, because <laughs> because the whole of Italy was on lockdown, um, uh, Pornhub, Pornhub saw a, um, an opportunity and decided that they were going to offer free premium to everyone in the country for 30 days. Mm. It's it's interesting that um, you talk about like that as a, as an offer because there are companies that they're all jumping on and it, and it's a social thing. It, it like whether you agree with the, you know, that particular website or not, it's actually, uh, you know, they're recognizing the need for people to be entertained and 
like, I didn't believe you actually went there, but we, yeah. we did start. We talk about that today. That's let's, all right. Let's be honest. So, let's be honest, mate. Yeah, yeah, 100% for real. Um, yeah, so we, we touched on some of the services just, that might be used in I'm, our I'm just pre say, prep today. I'm, I just want to put it out there and say, don't use it whilst you're supposed to be working from home because um, you never know if your video or audio is getting shared. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so not uh, fit for... For work, not for work. Not safe for work. Um, yes, that's NSFW. it. So, <laughs> so um, it probably exp explains now why a lot of toilet paper has been sold here in Australia now. I never actually considered Dude. the why uh, <laughs> so much. Anyway, we won't go there neither. Have but um, have you? So have you? Have you gone and done your panic buying, or are you just being kind of modest and? I have an empty fridge right now. I'm I'm too modest to be quite honest. I've got some frozen foods that I think I'd survive on and some tin tuna. But um, you know, given we're right in the middle of an apocalypse, um, what I did decide if if you know we get sick and we start getting hungry for brains, I'm certainly not going to you know go chasing anyone who bought toilet paper for theirs. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I saw this photo of um, where was it? It was on the front page of CNN. Um, it was a, a photo of um, a highway leading into um, Los Angeles and the thing mm -hmm. looked empty and I could have sworn they took that shot from, um, you know, one of the opening episodes of The Walking Dead where he's like, yeah. like driving into the city. The only thing that was missing was some burnt out cars. But, um, but yeah, eerie, right? Because they're, mm. they're all on lockdown over there. We're not yet. Um, no. And I, say, I think that's... I, I say yet. And and mm. because I because I think we're going to get there, I do. Yeah, I, mean. I think so too. So, uh, one of the things that uh, other things I was involved I was involved in the other day actually it was quite interesting was a Q and A with a company um, that where I'm using one of their products and they hosted it was at four a.m. in the morning I woke up for it and they actually had. Um, yeah, I know. I was keen. <laughs> if people could see the look on your face when I said I was up at four a.m. in the morning to watch a, to to be part of a Q and A, um, but but even that, that's, this, that's this testament ability... to how much you love the talk. <laughs> so the ability for people to actually, you know, multi-stream and also live-stream um, in a group setting and and take questions and answer questions is something that we 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 have done in the past, but this is the sort of thing that's happening. Now and conference calls with businesses, um, you know, meetings instead of holding, you know, boardroom meetings, they're going to be done via video conferencing and and things like that. If they're not already, I imagine they they are all over the planet right now. Look, that's look, the way business yeah. is being done. Well, um, Microsoft Teams has another one called Zoom that have been seeing record usage and also getting the odd complaint about slows down, slowdowns. There's Skype. There's um, Blue Jeans. If you haven't heard of it, um, our company uses Blue Jeans. Um, and they're all struggling to keep up with the bandwidth, but I mean, you know, it's, yeah, and that's, it's been good because a lot of business has been proactive in making sure that, that they were, um, they were ready ahead of time and they were already, you know, testing their systems and already starting to question whether their staff should be traveling when they could just do video hookups and, um, you know, putting up signs to saying, right, you know, we're going to. We're going to stop shaking hands. Don't ask if you're sharp and you're sick. You know, bugger off. <laughs> All that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think from that point of view, from from the world's ability to kind of 
keep working. You know, the tech age is kind of perfect for this. Um, like you said, we've just got to worry about the walkers outside and, you know, and and if the truckies can't keep delivering the toilet paper and they start getting sick. Because Australia relies on trucks to deliver everything everywhere. Um, mm. And they're talking about, you know, I think a number, a handful of states are talking about, you know, closing borders. I think that's mainly to do with sort of trying to stop domestic travel. Um, certainly unnecessary domestic travel. Um, but yeah, you can't well, really... That was in the, sorry, that was in the press conference today. Oh, really? So, so that was one of the things, yeah, they're saying that they're asking the domestic travel, only necessary domestic travel. So that's sort of a hint to suggest that, uh, you know, some states may move to, to close some travel between borders. Yeah. Um, that's non, non you know, uh, necessary. So unnecessary, rather. Um, so something we touched base on a few weeks ago in a previous episode, I want to rare, rare this conversation again. Okay. Um, is 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 LinkedIn, Oof. and and my friends on my Chinese friends who keep sending me, uh, or keep looking at my profile, and uh, and I sent through a, a message to you and said, hey, I'm still getting these. As do you get these? And apparently, a lot of people don't get those, but um, it's it's actually something that's quite prevalent that there's Chinese are using LinkedIn to gain um, foreign assets. So they they they're, they're, they're <laughs> really? scouring. Yeah. So, you, so they're you, scouring. Do you think they're the trying LinkedIn. to make you an asset? What's that? Are they trying to make you an asset? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck making me an asset. I don't know what they're trying to do there, but but no. Apparently, um, yeah, it's reported in the New York Times um, that that basically China's using LinkedIn to recruit uh, to recruit rather spies spies abroad. Okay. Um, so Western intelligence officials say Chinese agents are contacting thousands of foreign citizens using LinkedIn, including former government officials. So they're just scouring to to see who may actually be, um, you know, a, a potential, you know, foreign asset down the track. And what they're doing is they're actually connecting with them and offering them opportunities, but they're using fake business names and locations and trying to get them over into Asia um, on on false pretenses of of talking and money and um, you know getting speaker opportunities or or business opportunities, and when some of the people have investigated those companies, they found them to be non-existent. Um, when they've you know they've actually even met with some. So New York Times had a very good article on it, but I went looking because I was trying to work out why am I getting these profiles appeared saying they've looked at my profile, and then they would disappear within about 30 minutes of the of the actual um, profile appearing. Now, interestingly, the Microsoft, who own LinkedIn, uh, or LinkedIn themselves, have said that they are actively removing um, fake uh, profiles all the time from um, China, where they've been made, they're making these fake profiles. And when the profiles appear, they have Chinese names, but they have no connections or zero connections. They have no photos and no profile whatsoever, pretty much. Don't you think that's a bit strange? Like, if you were going to try and make fake profiles to connect with people, especially people in Western countries, don't you think you'd use an English name and you'd go to the effort of trying to put a profile picture on it? Or, you know, I think going, I think it's like sifting through. They're not necessarily, they're not necessarily the people that are going to connect with you. I think that they're actually the, they're just scouring. 
uh, whatever they've done, so, they're, so scour, they're, they're, so they're not, they're not actually looking to connect. In fact, they don't even have a connect button. They just have a word message and um, there's no details. And then they disappear, which is actually LinkedIn removing them. So they're not, they're not the people I believe that will connect. I think what they're doing is they're going and sifting through profiles. But so they create a fake profile to then look at your profile. I'm, um, I haven't seen any of these, to be honest. Um, I haven't had anyone, but I, I don't post on LinkedIn. I kind of use it to, to look at other people's um, professional profiles, but, but I'm not really active on it in terms of it being a social network. I know you are, and maybe that's why you're drawing attention. Hmm. Well, I am out. I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely out there on social media, aren't I? So, <laughs> so to yeah, use your uh, special it, term there, it, it, title to give me social media whore. Um, it's, it's your it's your time, man. It's like, you know. Yeah. It doesn't take as much time as you think it does because I'm sharing across all the platforms the same content. So it's only one bit of content shared and might devote an hour to it each day, three it's... times a day, so three hours. <laughs> That's so Do you much like that? Time. Do you like how to do that? That's so much time. Um, yeah, but I, I'm just I'm sitting here just wondering whether, you know, whether it's going to get really bad, and am I going to miss the, I'm going to miss the um, miss the opportunity to buy and install a bidet because I can't get any toilet paper. Yeah, look, there's a big push for it, but um, I don't know why people just don't go out the back and use their hose and save their money because you might not need it in another six months. Well. I don't know. I suppose the walkers could get you if you're out there. Um, but I, I was looking at one on Kogan. Do you remember Kogan? Did you ever buy anything off that site? My parents have. I've never, but... Um, I, I, yeah, I've bought, no, I bought stuff bought off there stuff. before, right? And I was having a look and there was a there was a top-of-the-line um, uh, toilet seat bidet conversion, right? So it's got, mm -hmm. it's got a little ceramic heater in it so that, yeah. so that when you go to wash your date, you know, the water's always nice and warm and ready to go. Like it promises, you know, no no cold shock, no, you know, no scorching, you know, jet of water, just perfect temperature and it's got all these, mm. you know, all these controls and, and LCD readouts, which I think, you know, being in close pro proximity to, to where you crap probably isn't necessarily the best thing. But I'm looking at this thing wondering, who's got a PowerPoint in their toilet? Yeah, good point. And now I was getting interested. Actually, I was about to ask you the price. I thought you were becoming a very good salesman for that. But the, it's amazing how technology changes our lives in these situations. Yeah. That people would actually contemplate purchasing those because they couldn't buy toilet paper. Well, if it was in a if it was in a bathroom, like you know, more an open plan bathroom with a toilet in it, I suppose. But you could get away with it there. But if it was in a, a separate toilet, I mean. You know, is it going to be the next boom? We're going to have electricians installing powerpoints and toilets so people can can get a nice warm wash on their on their bum. You know, because they you know they're starting to run the numbers on using that instead of toilet paper. It's you know yeah what a, what a time to be alive, right? Exactly. You know, um, I I didn't know where the whole run on toilet paper came from um, up until about a week ago, where I saw an ABC report, and it, it was actually out of the South Koreans ran, had a run on toilet paper in their supermarkets um, when they first started to experience a good number of uh, coronavirus cases. And 
the, there was a reason behind that is because China produces all of their toilet paper, and I think Australians saw them all <laughs> running for toilet paper, you know, in news stories and just got panicked and thinking, holy crap, whatever this virus is, it must be pretty bad. We better go buy toilet paper. It's it's everywhere. Like, Americans are running short on toilet paper, and that's probably from seeing all the um, all the Australian news about it, so they started panic buying mm. it. Um, I did actually see a stat that said that um, bidet sales had, had skyrocketed as well. Yeah, so seventy percent of our toilet paper is produced here in Australia, whereas in South Korea, it it they don't produce any. It all comes from China, which makes sense why they'd be running on toilet paper. Um, whereas hey, our economy is actually running on toilet paper. Right buy so. buy Australian, mate. You know, you know, toilet paper company shares and and Coles, Coles, Aldi, and Woolly shares must be going through the roof at the moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. We missed the boat there. Yeah, it's always the way. So, Craig, um, I'm going to hand this one over to you this week for the app of the week, especially in times of coronavirus. I, um, I believe you've got something great that sort of helps you play with yourself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that could go anywhere, but... Uh... In a basketball sense, yes. <laughs> so obviously, oddswish.com is my website and I have an academy and things have died down and pretty much all our basketball has stopped. Obviously, the NBA is not playing. Our NBL grand final here um, ended in controversy, a, a slight controversy, I suppose. People accepted the result, but a couple of the players felt that the actual coronavirus and or COVID-19 situation wasn't handled well. But And by on a couple a, of players, a, you mean Bogut? Yeah, <laughs> so, Andrew Bogut's not happy, but um, but he but he you know acknowledges that that the Perth Wildcats won our national championship and so, and so, they were up two to so two maybe to one in the series. So maybe he doesn't know about this app, right? No, but here's the thing. So the app is called Home Court, and what it is is it's available on ios devices only and not uh, version eight and up of the the phone and more recent ipads but um normally there are free features but they're making it it's 7.99 a month sorry 7.99 a month um and they're making it free at the moment while you know everyone's in lockdown for kids to work on their basketball game and do some physical activity and uh basically the idea is you put the app um, or your device down on the ground and it tells you what shots to take and it records your shots and how many ma- makes and misses and gives you analysis on your arc and everything like that to so, um, provide you with information on, on you know, developing and improving your your actually shot technique. So, so when you say put it down on the ground, you think maybe you set it on something so the camera is actually watching you, isn't it? Yeah, so so on, it can be on. So it's, they tell you in the app where to place it and how to place it. So I think normally it's on like a tripod. You put it on like a tripod or something that would be higher. Yeah. Um, you do need some markers on your court, so it's not just going to work on a, you know, um, I don't believe it works on something that's not sort of got some markings to, mean, to tr- try and judge like distance. A, yeah, like it, you need to have like the key in. So it'd yeah, probably work, it'd so, work pretty good on like a like one that's marked out in a park, for example. Yeah, absolutely. If it's something that's marked out, I think you can even pick the court type So, in the app. So, you know, because there are different lines on different courts. Now, I'm not 100% sure of that. I, I did see someone ask somewhere, and, and I'm a bit vague on it, 
because you've gone a bit deeper than what I wanted to. Um, I do think it does understand your distance from the basket. It has a good feel for for an individual from the basket, but the lines help it um, identify and offer different opportunities to to actually do different types of shots and things like that. But the point is the app is actually free at the moment um, and uh, for people to try on the iOS devices, not on Android, and it is the more higher end of the um, iOS operating system um, and, and devices that have the hardware that will uh, be able to manage the AI involved. I reckon you should probably get down to, to the local um, Oshwish Park and put it on a tripod and and, and uh, have a go at it. Maybe even you could probably do a review of the app. Mm. There's a lot of reviews up on YouTube if people want to go and have a look. Um, the app's been going for some time. Uh, Steve Nash is actually one of the investors, so he's pushed it heavily and, and he uses it himself and in his trainings. But there's plenty of information up online um, if people do want to go and have a look at that particular app. So the website is homecourt.ai, homecourt.ai. Awesome. Or you can find it in the Apple App Store. Absolutely. Yeah. But not the Play Store, which is very sad. Hmm. Because Apple. Quick fire news. All right, it's time for the quick fire news with Oswish Row. Let's go, man. Give it to me. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things happening on a couple of the more common platforms. So people may have noticed uh, over a month ago that they were being offered the Facebook uh, beta to test it, uh, so the new Facebook layout and design and everything like that. And uh, I did have a play of it on one of my social accounts, and I'm not a fan, I must say. Um, layout is completely different to what you're used to. I think they've tried to simplify it. It's um, for me, it's a it is a simplified layout, but it means going to try and find things that were there before. I will say it loads a lot quicker or seems to be less cumbersome than the existing platform. So I think there's a, a win there, but they're actually uh, now rolling out the update. So it's gone from beta to actually forcing um, different users. And I say forcing because eventually it will be and will replace our existing, what they like to term classic, um, you know, layout. Yeah. So it has been a while. We've seen a lot of features added to Facebook. Um, over the years, and and they just lay it upon each other over time. So while the navigation is meant to be simple, and it's a, a you know it, to me it looks very childish. That's one of the things I didn't like about it. It doesn't look sophisticated. Maybe that's intentional. It looks like child's play. Um, I, I do think that uh, I think it's just like anything when they change it. It's just getting used to it. Okay. Now the other um, thing that's also changing, uh, and and also channel owners are being moved out of the YouTube Studio Classic, they refer to it. Um, they've been updating their whole uploading system because um, basically they said all their infrastructure around, uh, you know, putting videos up online and, and all the features that go with doing that for creators uh, is, is, is all and was all designed for older equipment um, using older, you know, sort of what's the word coding so they've changed all the coding and tried to improve the whole process again i'm not big on the change i've, I've used the 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 new studio um but i keep reverting back to the classic but they've already told me that's not gonna as they have with a lot of us said as of certain dates they're rolling it, all the users out onto different um 
onto the main studio and, and not giving us access to the classic after a set period of time. So I've already received my notification of that. But other people who may be creators need to be aware that they haven't seen those messages. It is coming on both platforms. Okay. Um, I've got one. So there's a new um, iPad Pro out. Might not have um, seen too much about it because Apple had to cancel their launch event. But um, <clears throat> it's got two cameras on, on the back because, you know, who doesn't like to look stupid um, walking around taking photos with an iPad Pro? Um, it also has a, um, a LiDAR on the back for 3Ding stuff. Go figure. Um, probably the coolest new addition is the fact that they've um, changed their keyboard arrangement. So the rather expensive keyboard that you can pair onto an iPad Pro now has a, um, I suppose, a stiffer hinge in the back. So... Um, so it keeps the whole thing up off the desk, and the main reason for that is the actual um, keypad is a little bit longer, and they've put a trackpad on it. So okay. they're trying to get into the realms of um, of trying to take on, um, you know, uh, I suppose notebooks by having something where you can move a mouse pointer. Um, this key keyboard for it actually works on the previous model, the Gen Three iPad Pros as well. Um, it's not going to be cheap, and uh, and but, 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 but I think and it's also a backlit keyboard, which is which is a bit of a variance for um for those little iPad keyboards again. So it'll help drain your battery a little bit faster. But um yeah, you, all you, positives. You, but you can absolutely not go and see that in an Apple store at the moment because they're all shut, unless you're in China, in which case maybe you can have a look. So they're going to be available for online um, purchase anyway, and I guess. Apple figures that their um that their cult is strong enough that people can can buy stuff um sight unseen by looking at a nice render on the internet and uh, and not actually have to play with one in the flesh. Good. That's, that's just a clap for me. I was waiting for that. So have you heard that uh, and this is this is I'm moving into this uh, statement now that Blizzard in the last four days have had seven DDoS attacks on their gaming servers. So that's the the company that creates and hosts World of Warcraft. So okay. um, this is an interesting thing. I'm not sure why the hack um, or why they're being Denial targeted. Denial attacks, right? Mm. But here's, here's what is interesting. Right now with COVID-19, um, there is opportunity for people that want to do naughty things to actually attack that infrastructure, which we, here we things. were earlier talking, talking about, uh, you know, how good the internet has been for us. In the, if we didn't have it right now, the world would be somewhat different. Yeah. But the problem is, is there's still people out there that that are spoilers that are saying, like like bushfires we just had here. A lot of those were bit lit by people. Oh yeah. You know number of them and, and here we got a situation where people could start to target um I, infrastructures I, on the internet i affectionately refer to them as assholes oh yes yeah me too <laughs> assholes who just want to wreck everything for everyone and and um you know watch the world burn and uh create anarchy and stuff up people's um ability to stream cat videos so what else you got any other good quick to, quick fire news this week Nothing, <coughs> except that I've got <coughs> COVID. Yeah, you haven't um, got COVID, man. It's just no. a cough. <laughs> it's statistically speaking, it's just going to be a cough, right? Um, I, I've got a couple. So, um, NBN 
um, COVID doing the right thing in Australia and offering up to a 40% bandwidth boost to internet providers, um, which I don't think they were doing towards the end of last week, even though this is a few days old. Um, so what it basically means is, you know, I said earlier how companies pre-purchase data you know, or pre-estimate how much they're going to need to use for the month. Uh, MB yep. and Co are going to let them go 40% up over that um, without incurring charges, which is good as long as the retailers um, translate that, that through by not slowing everyone's internet connection down. Yeah. Um, what else? I saw that um, that um, belong belong internet. So they're a, they're yes. a, a reseller. Um, there the, it says here an article on um, Wellpool Broadband News um, site. I love it's a great forum if you want some technical info or stuff. It's uh, wellpool.net.au. That Belong is the latest Australian telco to stop selling 100 megabit MBM plans to homes connected um, via fibre to nodal basement. So they're all acknowledging that fibre to node is basically, um, I think the technical term is a useless piece of shit. And, mm -hmm. uh, and because it's so random for people in terms of the quality and consistency of internet connection they're going to get, depending on how far the house is away from the nearest node. that's The node is one of those you know big sort of grey-green street cabinets you see on corners here and there. Uh, depending on how far you are away from that, um, you're not going to get anything close to a 100 megabit plan anyway. So what they're saying is if you're, if you're on that sort of connection, unfortunately, um, we're not even going to bother trying to sell you a 100 megabit because the chances are you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, I'll uh, bring in just on another note, the camera that I use for another plug people with a passion on uh, YouTube uh, is an AI camera that edits on the fly. The company that makes that camera um, is owned by, oh, actually they sold it back. Um, it's um, it's called Mevo and Vimeo did own it, but they actually sold it back to the, the maker of them. And, and part of that is because I don't think that they sold as many as they'd hoped. However, this crisis has actually changed the fortunes of that company because all these companies now want to stream and churches want to live stream and schools want to live stream. So they released a product um, earlier in the year uh, called Mevo Start. But what they did is they've actually given a number of those away as a charitable donation, but at the same time they're seeking crowdsource funding because the demand for their streaming devices is that large now that they can't keep up with demand. So um, I'm sure Vimeo, who own them as a company, uh, are happy with their decision to return the company back to the original owner at the end of last year. Um, so if people are interested in getting a camera to live stream for whatever, if they've got churches or uh, things like that, then that particular company helps. And the uh, Vimeo itself, allows you to, with a subscription, live stream or multicast across multiple platforms at the same time. So that's the advantage of that particular device over, say, just streaming on your phone or, or, or one other some other device. Can you use that device to actually live stream to YouTube? Yeah. Okay. I, I did a multi, so I did a multi-stream the other night uh, and I went across all my Facebook pages or say that like I'm like five of them. <laughs> so Periscope. So I was up on Periscope um, and on YouTube. And I have I missed any. I think I might have. Um, 
YouTube, Facebook, and and Periscope, which is Twitter. So please, so please, yeah, so simulcast. So please tell me it doesn't let you live stream to TikTok. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I was devastated. I'm sure it's coming. So so the way that actually works, and this is why churches and educators and everything want it, is because it gives them the ability to. Um, stream, it goes via Vimeo, so you actually have a Vimeo account. You put it inside the camera. The, the equipment's not cheap. It's actually around twelve to $1,400 uh, US at the moment. It's gone up. Um, yeah. Obviously, like if there's demand, it, it, the price has increased. But the, the point with that particular equipment um, and, and the back end of, of Vimeo is when it connects to Vimeo, it actually uploads the stream to Vimeo and Vimeo then distributes it across all those platforms. And you can have your multiple chat windows as I did the other day and connect in real time with your audience. And that's that's why the demand, I guess, for that particular equipment. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's at this point in time, it's a good device for people who, you know, in churches or looking for something that's relatively simple to use for them to reach their um the people who would normally be there, their their congregations or their groups or, or whatever, whether it be educators or churches or who else, government, business, whatever. Yeah. I suppose all you need is a robust internet connection and a little bit of know-how. But uh, and, uh, and that's where I think, um, I suppose, anyone who has the ability to be able to, you know, set up video streams or do all these sorts of things, I think that's going to be a bit of a boom industry, you know, you know that, and and obviously, you know, toilet paper delivery. But um, mm. but yeah, that's going to be, you know, in the new world order where where you know it's going to be quite some time until we can have you know large congregations of people. Um, you know, even you know businesses who might normally get together for conferences, they're going to be live streaming everything. Uh, like you said, churches, um, schools. You know, for schools, it's going to be a huge thing. Um, I think it's. Uh, the time is right to be looking at this sort of technology. So, yeah. so if anyone wants to see what the technology does, they don't have to go too far. <laughs> Plug coming. People with a passion. It knows exactly. People with a passion on YouTube. Yeah, and it seems to have an un un uncanny ability to know when to switch back onto Craig's face and get his, his sort of smiling, knowing, yeah, that's right. I know exactly yeah. what you're on about. So, anyway, mate. Uh, the night is, an is getting on, and um, and I've got to work from home tomorrow, so I've got to be up early, and and I'm I'm actually planning on getting out of my pajamas to work, which is kind of good, but but yeah, I'm going to be fielding lots of calls from from people in the new dystopia who who are also trying to um, work from home as well and need my help, and I hope that the cough of yours doesn't go anywhere, but but I think um, what I'd like to say everyone out there is uh, stay safe and. And we'll probably see you again next week. All right, mate. See you later. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Tech Matters, the podcast that decodes technology for everyone.